Hey, yo, say hello to the back Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The gold, gold system. The world is listening. that we can be involved in? Can we be involved in, like, making cakes or something? I don't know. But, uh, joining me, I think he's, uh, at some point during this show, he may try and sneak out to have a drink with Crelly in San Antonio. 
It's Randy. Randy, how you doing? Um, maybe I'll go to San Antonio, but probably not for lockdown, but for Ring of Honor that's coming in June. <laughs> that's a better move, yeah. Yeah, although uh, one of these days I'm end up seeing Crowley. Highly doubt he's going to come to El Paso, so I'm going to have to come to him. Which, <laughs> uh, we'll see. But I'm down to drink <laughs> if he does that. <laughs> so... Just, from, what I, from what I heard, Hernandez has basically told him you're not leaving the bar till 3 a.m. Oh. And Hernandez looks like he could probably drink, too, as huge as he is. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us, as ever, is Sandra. Sandra, how have you been doing this week? I've been doing pretty good. Well, good to hear. Uh, first things first, before we get to any other news, I think all of us here at Whole Indie Show would like to pay our respects to uh, Paul Bearer who died or passed away earlier this week on Tuesday at the I can't remember what age he was off the top of my head I think it was 58 yeah that makes him the same age as Cat, as uh, Hugo Chavez sorry that's a side note that's uh, no. There is no relation between Paul Bearer and the dictator slash leader of Venezuela, at all. Well, let's be Former. clear. No, nobody really cares about Hugo Chavez, so you know. Yeah, people care a lot more about Paul Bearer, Percy Pringle, whatever you want to call him. Exactly. Yeah. Just, just the fact that I, I vaguely knew about him back in like the late nineties, but. It was the, it was the moment at WrestleMania 20 when you just heard the oh yeah oh yeah and all that and it's like yes I'm actually going to get to see him and yes he wasn't the whole well if you saw the proper concrete uh, feed from the Great American Bash you might have seen how he survived or how he wasn't in there at all but aside from that. One of the best managers that there was, and will be sadly missed. And I hope WWE do a tribute of sorts over the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Probably they probably did one on SmackDown as of because we're recording this before SmackDown airs. We can't tell you that, but I'm pretty sure there'll be something at least on Raw. Yeah, it's very. It's one of those I didn't find out because I was working in the I was work I was interning at the studio that I'm in uh, that I'm working at right now, and uh, remember I think I saw it on Facebook or it was after I came back and I saw that Paul Bear had passed. Actually, yeah, I saw somebody post on Facebook that Paul Bear had passed, and I was like, "Well, damn!" <laughs> it's just like you would have thought that even though I know he had, he did have some weight issues, which you can tell just by looking at him, <laughs> but uh-huh. the gastric bypass surgery, but I think those that had already been taken care of long past then. That was why he had left it back in 04 was because of that. But kind of going back on my memories more, I don't remember him as much in the late nineties. Although I probably might have remembered seeing him once or twice, but he isn't as vivid in my mind of actually watching it than, say, watching it like now and having seen a lot of the Attitude stuff. 
I remember more from 04 and a lot of his appearances now. And even uh, uh, what I've noticed looking on the SNS page, of course, L Train has posted some of his stuff as Percy Pringle the Third. Because for those of you that do follow, he um, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, or I think I want to say they're in Arizona now. Did they move to Arizona? But cha- the Championship Wrestling promotion, he was a manager there, managing Brian Cage and. Actually, I don't know if he managed Brian Cage. I know he managed Sean Ricker, which I always found kind of funny because Sean Ricker could actually talk, and he didn't need a manager. <laughs> like, yeah, he's pretty good on the mic, but oh, you had it doesn't hurt to have Percy Pringle the third and or Paul Bear with his very distinctive voice. But nonetheless, it is sad to see another wrestling legend pass on, and regardless of. Uh, as uh, ironic as it is considering the whole Paul Bear thing and death and all that, which we'll probably get into when The Undertaker passes away, so let's get that out the way there, those jokes, but he will be sorely missed and sad that <laughs> sad to have to bring that up and talk about it at this time from what should be a really joyous time for wrestling at WrestleMania and WrestleCon, but mm. nonetheless, rest in peace to William Moody. Sandra, your some of your thoughts. I know you'll probably have more thoughts to give because uh, you'll probably call into Wrestling News Live. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess I feel kind of old since I'm I'm pretty much the only one who's seen his uh, his work pretty much in the early '90s. You know, in the WWF when he was managing The Undertaker. Uh, definitely, when I first saw him, he definitely scared the crap out of me. But. Uh, he was so much into that character that it, it just worked just great. And whether he was a, a faith manager or a heel manager, uh, there were just many good moments with him and Taker or him and Kane and, or Mankind or whoever he was working with at the time. Big Vader as well for some yeah. time. And also you have to think about you know his early stuff before then. Uh, I believe he was working in uh, World Class in Texas as well. I believe that's where he started, as well as in, in the AWA. Um, mm. You know, it, it's sad to, to see this news happening. Uh, it's something like just came out of left field that nobody was expecting it. And nobody even knew that he was sick or anything. And I believe the, the reports that came out so far was apparently it was due to a blood clot that he had. Which resulted in his passing. Yeah. And which, given the size of him, can't, can't be considered too much of a surprise. Well, I believe Jerry Lawler, Lawler posted a, a picture on Twitter of a recent picture of him, which took place like about 10 days ago. And mm-hmm. I don't know, to me, he looked the same. He did look different. But he didn't look like in bad shape or anything, at least to me. But yeah, he did. He didn't look o- overly unwell. Yeah, you know, it, it's sad to see uh, this news happening, and uh, my condolences go out to his family and his friends. Uh, you know, rest in peace, of uh, William Moody. Yes, and uh, no doubt there will be even more tributes paid by all the listeners here. On the SNS Radio Network on the Special Wrestling News Live this Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern with uh, JJ and Bronx. But yeah, 
respects out to his family, certainly. Now, you know, it's kind of not a great start, not like a happy start, and it's kind of going to get worse because, thankfully, this isn't a, a, a death, but this is actually robbery. Uh, Ricochet was apparently robbed during his time uh, on the overseas tour. And Alan Fowell, which Sandro, I think you said that he's a writer for one of the wrestling magazines here in the UK? Yeah. Okay, was it Fighting Spirit, I think you said? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Alan Fowell, as his, his name is going here anyway, started a help fund and Here's a view of the details. Hey, folks, I'm starting a fund to help out King Ricochet. I guess that's his, uh, that's his Twitter account. Uh, he had $1,600 stolen from him in Germany this weekend. So he lost it, all his payoffs for both the Dragon Gate UK shows that he was at and 16 carat, plus a whole lot of merch sales. As I'm sure we'll all agree, this sucks. But it really sucks when a nice, humble guy... Like Ricochet, who works so hard and literally risks his life to entertain us. If you're a Ricochet fan and have appreciated his work over the years, then maybe you'd like to help him make back some of the money that he'd lost. Alan has set up a PayPal account for anybody that wants to chip in a few bucks. He's got no idea what to expect as far as what donations might come in, but obviously if the total reaches the $1,600 mark... The account will be closed off, so no further money will be received. So it's not like a, it's not like a Kickstarter thing. When it goes over the money, additional money goes to Ricochet. It's going to be as soon as it gets to covering his losses, boom. And the PayPal address that you need to use if you want to uh, send him some money is Ricochet Fund. R-I-C-O-C-H-E-T-F-U-N-D at gmail.com. That's ricochetfund at gmail.com. So, yeah, we've certainly put it out there. So if any of you listeners who uh, appreciate some of the work that Ricochet and want to help him out a little bit with even, you know, one or two dollars, I'm sure it will be... uh, Greatly received by him. Yeah, it's uh, sad to hear that this whole situation happened. And I have a a statement that uh, this is what he said of Ricochet of what happened. This is what he said. I honestly have no clue. It happened in the span of like 14 minutes, if that. I had one second. Uh, we went to the bar for like literally two minutes. We walked to get some food. and went to pay... And I didn't have my wallet. So apparently somebody pickpocketed his his wallet. Uh, it just happened really quick, so he wasn't aware of what happened. Damn. That's... Randy, you kind of uh, reacted pretty... Uh, interestingly to that, because I think that was a bit of a... It kind of looked as if it was a bit of a blow... Well, yeah, just like, oh, no, just hearing, like, what, 1600 like, he lost the Dragon Gate UK money and the 16 Carat, which is a big tournament for, the 16 Carat Gold Tournament, which is a big tournament for WXW out in Germany. 
But I didn't even. I was like, oh, that's like that. Sixteen hundred is like everything got taken. But hopefully he could regain some of this money back. But I don't know. That's about all I can really say with that. Is I hope, hope the best yeah. for Ricochet to get his money back because it. Um. Yeah. That's all. I'll just hit it there. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. The. Hope that uh, hope it all goes well for Ricochet. Certainly. Now we come to um, a few results from this past weekend, mainly from the picks that me and Sandro did. Uh, Keynote here, though the Wrestling Is Awesome show that was scheduled to happen last Sunday got cancelled. I'm not sure when. And I'm not sure why. I don't think any reason's been given. It's just been randomly cancelled. Well, not randomly. It was cancelled. Because I haven't seen any reason on uh, any of their Twitters or anything. Oh. So, look into that what you will. But, yeah, first one we'll talk about is the night where there will be violence, there will be ladders, and there were a heck of a lot of girls. Fact, nothing but girls. Yeah. <laughs> Even the referees. Were all the referees women as well? Uh, I believe not. I think they were. You still had guys there. Okay. So there was a whole lot of girls. Just it was ninety-five percent. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. We started off with the. First of the Climb the Ranks qualifying match matches, which saw Addy Star beat Sassy Steph. So Sassy Steph is still on a losing streak on the Girls' Night Out show. So I think that was one that I got wrong, and I think you got that one right, Sandra. Told you. <laughs> yeah. Then Athena defeated Kimberly in another qualifier, which is... A smart move. Well, a pretty cool move. I'm just loving this. I'm just looking at the write-up here. Um, apparently, Kimberly hit a German suplex. And on the commentary, they said, she's not even from Germany. What is? What the hell is that about? That's brilliant. It'd be a... Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to probably screw up the joke. It'd be a Dallas backslash St. Louis backslash Chicago suplex. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, Vader Scott came out with Gregory Oyen. Apparently, Gregory Oyen hates the management but has sympathy for women's wrestling fans. And Vader apparently said she didn't have an Amazon wish list because she's not a prostitute. I <laughs> think that might be a crack on, I think, certain things that have been happening in AIW, especially with the Nixon. Does that make me a prostitute then? Oh, it's probably about that. Actually, I might be looking too much into that, but <laughs> way, I think it's about something else. When I was thinking, well, wait, the Amazon wish list, I'm like, oh, they probably talk about my life is made into a film with Richard Gere. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then uh, basically, wow, apparently, then Gregory Ryan started talking about lotion and petroleum jelly. Then, thankfully, Milova <laughs> Bates came out. Uh, dressed as Daredevil this time. So keeping it on with the uh, comic book heroes. 
considering last time she get well comic comic book strips anyway because last time she came out a scarecrow and she called Vader a nerd. Wow, we're using Shikara terms now. Well, Tough if down. you have looked at Vader, not that I don't know the oh, glasses. Vader kind was of... very nerdy. She's like AJ, but with glasses. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that describes it. <laughs> Perfect explanation. Yeah. Oh, and also she, she comes great. out to sleigh bells, so that's pretty awesome from Vader Scott. I think it's. I want to say Riot Rhythm, and I hope I don't get the song. I think it's Riot Rhythm, but either way, she comes out to a song from Vanda like so. That's points there. If so, yeah, that third match, the qualifier Vader Scott did beat Lava Bates. And then the final qualifier, Crazy Mary Dobson beat Annie Social, getting revenge on the social network. Except after the match, social network all attacked Crazy Mary. Somebody's having a uh, bit of a problem. Um, during the intermission, they apparently aired an old match between Jenny Rose and Haley Hatred. Why can't every intermission d- do that on uh, shows? They, Seriously. They should. Because <laughs> we haven't got anything to show for the next 20 minutes. Here's an old match. Boom. <laughs> next time there is a ring- next time there's a Chicago eye pay-per-view... Because of the length of it, just stick on the YouTube video of Colt Cabana and Mixed Martial Archie versus Touchdown and Dasher. That's a great match. <clears throat> then uh, we had the Absolute Opportunity match, which saw Angelus Lane defeat Jody DeMilo. Which, I think, Angelus Lane was the one that was getting more of a name on the indie circuit because Jody was mainly doing stuff in uh, Canada from what I remember from the write-up the last time when we looked at it so either way from what I hear it was a very good match and a lot of people excited to see that Angelus going on further then we had Nikki St. John and Heidi Lovelace aka Social Network beating Casey Warfield and Angel Dust but it was apparently a long tag match, which is good to see. Then Alison Gay came out and wanted to find out who her opponent was. And turned out it was Mickey Knuckles. That's the first that's the first time we've seen Mickey Knuckles in quite a while, isn't it? Yeah, she was pranked. Well, a little backstory on that. The reason that Alison Kay is champion is due to Mickey Knuckles having to vacate the title due to being pregnant. Oh, so technically it's her guaranteed title defense, sort of. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, but uh, Kay defeated Mickey Knuckles to retain the belt. So really, as it says here, the fact that she actually retained it against her is the proper passing of the torch. Not the, you just got the belt because it was vacated. Well, that and then that led to Alison Kay and Mia Yim having um the match i think it was yeah they ended up having to do that because mickey no- is either no i think cherry bomb no showed and then that's when allison k got her nose broken by mia yim and yeah what they would later end up doing which was pretty great in aiw and then main event the ladder match 
Vader Scott wins and is number one contender to the AOW Women's Championship. And apparently the end saw Vader powerbomb Athena off the ladder and for a table. Yes. Holy crap. That did happen. Well, that wasn't really the spot of the night of all the spots. The spot... The biggest spot was Athena doing an O face off the off a ladder onto Addie Star. Oh yeah, that, I, I heard about that. There was there was quite a lot of crazy stuff on that. Yeah, they it wasn't super crazy, but they did do some pretty decent spots there. It, it, it was something worth the wait, or uh, worth the wait, uh, worth the watch, I should say. And Veda Scott, who's also what ha- who. As uh, one half of the AIW Tag Team Champions with Gregory Iron as part of Hope and Change. And um, also, yeah, Dean also took out Gregory Iron very early on with an O-Face to the outside. Uh, Iron was uh, <laughs> Iron was eliminated early on, so there was yeah. no assistance. Very good. <laughs> so, from what... from what, Randy, you caught the last couple of matches, but you thought overall that those couple of matches were really good? Um, yeah, it was a good little watch. It was interesting to see. I kind of had a feeling it was going to be either Vita, uh, Vader, uh, Veda or Athena winning the match due to them being the two bigger names other than Crazy Mary Dobson and Eddie Star, who I've had heard a lot from Eddie Star. Crazy Mary Dobson, not as much, but I have heard that name thrown around a couple places before, a couple sites, so to say, maybe some shows, but, um, Nonetheless, a pretty good encounter there, and we a good match should come out of it with Veda Scott taking on AK-47 for the AIW women's title. And also, uh, uh, Allison K afterwards kind of throwing out a challenge, saying that she'll take on anybody, which could be interesting considering who maybe AIW could bring out. One person I would like to see would be Jessica Havoc. Well, it's obvious. Or even Kong. Go, go for the only person that's worth challenging. That's clearly that's clearly female. One half of the TNA w- knockout tag team champions, Eric Young. Or him. Makes perfect sense. Probably because it'd be a squash match. <laughs> Eric Young loses. Um... Yeah, there is quite a lot of talent that they could get, though, because certainly with what we talked about last week about WSU kind of losing quite a lot of talents. As oh, as yeah, the whole because of the new management. Yeah, there's a few there that aren't apparently going to be at WSU that could be involved in AOW's title. So. Possibly. We'll see, but uh, another match from last Friday as well. Not another match. Another event from last Friday, sorry, was the AAW Path of Redemption. Featuring Jerry Lynn in his last match in uh, the Illinois area. The night started off with uh, the, the first two, or well, the semi-finals in the Heritage title tournament. Starting off with Samurai Del Sol defeating Louis Linden. One up to me against Sandra. I'm not trying to rub this in, but eventually I'm going to have to get a, like a thing where we actually tally it up, <laughs> like a like a like a ding bell for when we get a point or whatever. And in the second semi-final, ACH defeated one time Miller. 
So, ACH vs. Samurai Del Sol later in the night. Then we have Colt Cabana defeat Dan Lawrence via a hold of the tights. Oh, Cabana is heel. Oh. <clears throat> is Cabana ever heel, I guess? Um, He was in Ring of Honor at one point during... Um, he was more in 2003-04. He still kind of was, but he was always really... Like, and it's one thing I remember when Colt Cabana was on Art of Wrestling, they were talking about, or the 100th episode, how Colt's never really healed. And even when he was in ROH, he was still kind of the same guy, just a little more of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but not much, just a slight bit. He was but pretty much the same guy. Although they were saying, like, he was doing some weird kind of shit when he was a heel for, um, um, IW, uh, for Ian Ron and IWA Mid South. Oh, is, it, is that kind of the equivalent to him challenging Mama Excellent at uh, CZW's WrestleCon? Yeah, that would be... Oh, yeah, that... It's either you get beaten up or you get effed up. Either way, you're going to bleed. Oh. oh! I think he's fighting Greg Excellent, though, but nonetheless... Somehow I think I'm going to have to find a Colt Cabana line and use it as my line for the new intro that we'll have to cook up. <laughs> Every bluff Colt Cabana lines because there's so many that he's done. Um, next up, well, before this match even started between Sammy Callahan and Shane Hollister, Callahan was apparently hit with a beer bottle. Oh, or a by, beer. Um, by Marcus Crane. Marcus Crane. It says hit with a beer. What? What's the difference water can... What's the difference like a liquid beverage can do? If it's a beer bottle, that's fair, but uh, despite that, Callahan beat Hollister. So that was that was a probably a damn good match. Hope to see that soon. Uh, yeah. Then we had the Bourbon Street fight, which saw Ryan Boz, Darren Corbin, and Marion Fontaine versus Team We Are Here, which is who's in that team? Sam? It's, um, it's I know it's like Lamar, uh, uh, Tweet Lamar Phoenix. Titan, uh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Lamar Titan, Tweet Phoenix, Keith Walker, I think, might have been in it. Yeah. Well, they uh, managed to get the win for their team. Team we are here go through, or go over, should I say. Then they announced that there's going to be two matches at the anniversary show coming up, which are going to be Heidi Lovelace taking on Mischief and Jimmy Jacobs taking on Shane Hollister. Jacob's Hollister looks very good and yeah. Lovelace Mischief all I have to go on Lovelace is the absolute beating that she took on National Pro Wrestling Day that's all I have to go on and from Shine 2 in the OVW 3 way oh did you, uh, I don't know if you've seen that one but yeah she actually all of them were beating the shit out of each other in that one <laughs> then uh Another, next up, we had Mason Beck defeat Mischief in a match. And then next up, uh, the match between Matt Fitchett and Michael Elgin. But it, this was supposed to be a non-title match, but apparently just for the heck of it, Elgin made it a title match. Why? Not entirely sure, but we'll go with it. But... Uh, Elgin managed to retain, but then Davy Richards came out after the match and actually attacked Elgin, and he says he'll be the next AAW champ. 
Elkin versus Richards is back, people. It's a different company, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, then they announced that Christian Rose is on his way to AAW. Any of you guys know about him enough? Um, not off the bat. Okay. Sounds we'll familiar, but I, I can't think of it. We'll do some research on him. And then uh, the final of the Heritage Championship, uh, Samurai Del Sol versus ACH. And it's it's like he's the poster boy. He keeps winning every match. <laughs> he never he ne- so far. Young Lions Cup didn't win. National Pro Wrestling Days Raid of Valadores didn't win. Ooh. And then all of a sudden, he wins this and and got signed by Ring of Honor. Yeah, in the same week, got signed by Ring of Honor. God damn it. I'm telling you, Gabe should have done something with him when he had the chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the main event saw the Irish Airborne and Silas Young take on Eric Cannon, Rhino, and Jerry Lynn in the six-man tag. And Rhino, Jerry Lynn, and Eric Cannon won. The crowd obviously uh, thanked him, uh, as did the locker room, as they all came out. Apparently, he was also in a match for D1W. I might have to do, do a quick look-up of that for results for them. Uh, Sandra, I believe you've got a couple of stories to go for that. But yeah, that was... By the way, that was all the... That's all the results for the AEW show. While I try and get the D1W results to see what happened with Jerry uh, in that match. Sandra, you got a couple of uh, short stories, I believe. Yes, a couple. Uh, I started with the, of course, Indie News. Jeranga uh, USA... Uh, it was there's some hints that uh, one of the uh, mystery uh, teammates for Team Shima, and the major hints that's been going around that it could be uh, Tomahawk TT from uh, from Japan roster. And uh, for those who don't know who he is, uh, a while ago he was known as the fake uh, Naoki Tanazaki from the Mad Blanky stable. And if you've seen his, his work in the ring, uh, this guy has one of the hardest chops probably in wrestling today. Harder than Mochizuki? And, oh, yeah, definitely harder. Ooh, and I was saying, and, he's even, and that's in his own, um, in the, in the own promotion, too. I know Mochizuki, we, I've talked about Mochizuki before, about chops, how hard he, I mean, he might have harder kicks, but regardless... He's on the same level as Aita as far as chops go. And I believe he, he's won one of their King of Chop tournaments. And they have coming up like their grand finale in a couple of weeks. But the major hint that's going around is that he might be showing up at the WrestleCon shows. And I think it's great if it's him. Uh, I think it's about time that he's showing up in the States. I know right now he's in Mexico for the... Uh, IWRG promotion. He's teaming out with Ata, and they get they just botched his look. Uh, it just looks horrible. He just looks like a generic Japanese wrestler. Hopefully, he'll change his look once he'll show up at WrestleCon. And one other interesting news, and this will interest Ashley, as apparently also at WrestleCon, they they already announced their schedules for the iPay per views. And one interesting note from this is that Uh-oh, Kaiju Big Battle oh, will shit. have 
will be a live eye pay per view. Oh God! <laughs> the show yeah. will take place at eleven fifty-five p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Of course, you could pre-order the show now at www.live.com. And if you pre-order now, you will get at a cheaper price than you order at the actual day. Can you pre-order like all of them? Uh, like in like a reduced like get every single show for uh, like right thirty now, bucks. Right now, I don't think so. You could you could just pre-order them individually, but like I said, if you pre-order them now, it'll be at a cheaper price. So I, I would assume it would be right now like about ten bucks. Yeah. You know, so if you're interested to watch some, you know, people in Godzilla outfits and wrestling format, that's a show right there. And don't worry, if if you're missing something to do with Kaiju Big Battle, it's coming in a few weeks. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna try and work out work out something about it anyway. <laughs> Uh, if you check After out the, the craziness of a few weeks back, I think it might be getting listens. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If you check oh. out the, the. What was I going to bring up? Uh, did you bring up about. I, I might have happened last week about how Uha Nation has returned? Yeah, I was going to mention that. Uh, oh, okay. check, uh, if you check oh, out the. God damn it. <laughs> <Should've waited. laughs> if you check out the site for the uh, Kaiju Big Battle I pay per view show. Uh, there's a picture of uh, one of the, uh, I guess, monsters in Times Square hanging from the top of a building with a machete in his hand. I, I've been noticing on a completely different YouTube page that's clearly promoting... All I've seen is loud and noxious there, and he's, like, breaking news just coming in. There is a purple rhino in the area of New York. So I'm guessing this purple rhino will also feature at Kaiju. Oh my god. And then randomly, Bruno San Martino. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> we just end up with some international news. We'll start with AAA. Um, bit of an update on Lufisto. Uh She did win her Reina de Reinas qualifier match. And is now in the finals to crown a new Reina de Reinas champion. It's actually going to be a, fo- a fatal four-way match between her, Savia Apache, Mari Apache, and Taya Valkyrie. And the match will take place at the Rey de Reyes Super Show on March 17th. So a week on Sunday, okay. Or we- this coming Sunday, no. Not this Sunday, the next Sunday. Yeah, two weeks from now. So, Lufisto now become a super hardcore Lucha Extrema anime? Or well, super... She's been, well, she's been in Mexico before. I, I know she's uh, wrestled in the uh, Monterey area for, like, a uh, all-women's uh, promotion. I know she wrestled there before. <laughs> but she has some experience there. Is she gonna... Um, is she working... Is she a part of... Um, of... Um, uh, whoever the top heels are now, I don't even know at this point. <laughs> oh, the, or is she working Technica? Oh, no. I haven't seen the match itself because it hasn't aired yet, but I'm assuming uh, she's a heel. 
And if you're wondering, uh, the society is not there anymore. They broke up. Oh, okay. Who do you have for? Because I'm looking at the Rated Reyes thing now. Who do you think is gonna win? Uh, you know what? Looking at the lineup, I really don't. I really don't know. But at the same time, I do have like, like it's like, eh, you know, it's it's there. It's just nothing there appeals to me. Um, but for who they have, it's just going to be interesting. I know uh, for a fact that um, Samurai Del Sol as Octagon Jr. was supposed to be on that card, but he's not on the card itself. And he says that he's not going to be booked on the show itself. So it seems like this uh, experiment that they were doing might be a flop due to his... Uh, I guess schedules with the U.S. independent promotion. Uh, it's not looking good for Don Rodrigo. Mm. Mm. I, I from looking at the list and kind of from past, I I just say Jack Evans kind of off the bat. I don't know if they're necessarily going to go the route where oh you he was semifinalist or not semifinalist runner up last year, and he wins this year, kind of like best of the Super Juniors. Actually, they're really notorious for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind uh, L.A. Park to win it because I think he's like on a major uh, hot streak right now, and he's very popular. So I wouldn't be surprised if he wins it this year. But we'll see what happens with that. Uh, anyways, we'll end up with some Japan news. Uh, we'll start off with Dragon Gate, of course. Uh, at their recent uh, Champion Gate doubleheader shows, uh, new champions were crowned. On the uh, March 2nd show, which was uh, last Saturday, uh, BB Hulk and Uha Nation defeated Masaki Mochizuki and Don Fuji to become the new Open the Twin Gate Tag Team Champion. And this is uh, Uha Nation's uh, first championship in Japan. So uh, congratulations to Uha Nation getting a, a somewhat of a big push there. On the next show, which was on the... Th- oh, go ahead, Randy. That also answered a question I had a couple months back. Would uh, wondering if when Uha Nation did return, which he's already at this, I think only his second match back, or at least from what I saw in Cage Match, his second match back since the injury he suffered back at Heat. Weirdly enough, around this time too. Um, and I was wondering if he was could still stay with Bad Blanky afterwards. And no, my answers have been confirmed as he's now Open Twin Gate Champion with Akira Tozawa. Uh, no, he's with uh, BB Hulk. Oh, I'm sorry, BB Hulk. <laughs> because I remember the promo I saw had Tozawa, so I was thinking Tozawa there, but it's Hulk and his red blood wine spitting emo looking self now. Gangro. Gangro. <laughs> uh, on the next show, which was on the Sunday, there were new champions crowd for the Open the Triangle Gate titles, which is basically the trios title. As World One International of Naruki Doi, Rich Swan, and Sachihoko Boy uh, defeated the then champions, the Jimmies of Ryo Jimmy Saito, Genki Horiguchi, H.A. Jimmy, and Mr. QQ Naoki Tanazaki Dolphin. So, congratulations to Rich Swan getting his, his first championship in Japan as well. Definitely pushing the international talent there. I wonder if World One International could become part of King of Trios. Of course, I'm guessing it will happen, but when and where, we shall see. 
also on that show, uh, Shima successfully retained his Open the Dreamgate title against Mas- Masato Yoshino in his 12th defense. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> We're to double figures on the defense. Shima, I, I found out Shima's had the title for over a year now. Yeah. And I think the smart... There's some rumors going around now because people are predicting that for some reason apparently Uha Nation is going to the next title shot because he just won the Twin Gate title. I don't understand that logic, but at the same time, they're, they're literally running out of challengers for Shima because he's pretty much beating everybody who were former champions in the company. Can he wrestle himself? Uh, unless he clones himself, maybe. <laughs> And we'll, we'll end off with New Japan. Uh, they just had their 41st anniversary show uh, last Sunday in Currican Hall. And we'll just quickly go through the results. Uh, opening match was between their their young wrestlers, uh, Hiromu Takahashi, Ta- Takahiki Watanabe uh, defeated Sho Tanaka and Yohei Komatsu. Uh, second match, it was uh, Hiroki Goro, Carl Anderson, Tamatanga, and Risuke Taguchi defeating the team of Yuji Nagata, Wataru Inoue, Super Strong Machine, and Captain New Japan. Third match was for the IWGP Junior Tag Team Titles as the champions, uh, time splitters of Kushida and Alex Shelley, successfully retained against. Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask 4. Next match was Toge Makabe, Hiroshi Tenzan, and Satoshi Kojima, and Manabu Nakanishi defeating the Chaos team of Toru Yano Taka- Takashi, Izuka, Yujiro Takahashi, and Yoshihashi. Next match was a I guess it's a battle royal. Yeah, it's basically a battle royal match. Consisting uh, of the Suzuki Gun against the Chaos Team. As the uh, Suzuki Gun team of Minoru Suzuki, Davey Boy Smith Jr., Kengo Mishima, and Taka Mishinoku defeated Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, Jado, and Jado. And Minoru Suzuki was the last guy in the ring as he eliminated. Okada. Uh, next match was for the IWGP Intercontinental title as Shinsuke Nakamura successfully retained against Lance Archer in his sixth defense. And the main event was a special uh, champion versus champion match as Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Prince Devitt. I'm guessing that was non-title. Yeah. Yeah, non-title. It's a good thing I shut up, because I was just about to ask about Tanahashi and David, and this was the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, and, Tanahashi beats David. But then again, that's yeah. kind of usually what happens. You can't always have Aries beat Rude. <laughs> Although it would have been nice in that case for that well, to happen. Well, David already has an, an upset win over Tanahashi. It was in like in a six man tag. In a tag, yeah, yeah. That's how I, I do. I did remember reading about that. That's why the match uh, came in place. And if you're interested in watching the show, it, it's now online. 
at Daily Motion, and this was not an eye pay per view, so it's easily accessible to watch it if you're interested. Nice. I still need to. I still need to watch Wrestle Kingdom. That's how far back I am on stuff and New Beginning <laughs> and definitely this show. Uh, just have a quick look. Yeah, the Destination One Wrestling is D1W. Uh, from the the show came from Charlestown, Indiana, and in his match, Jerry Lynn beat the Man Without Fear, Kyle Maverick, and the playmaker Mitch Johnson in a triple threat. And then the locker room cleared out to give him a send-off. Which is fitting, definitely. But, uh, yeah, that's all the, uh, that's all the news for this week. When we come back, we're going to be reviewing the one thing that we left out of results. Because quite a lot of craziness and unexpected things happen. But, yes, the Ring of Honor 11th anniversary show will be reviewed next, right after these uh, commercials and whatever so we'll see you in a few minutes Are here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network and I'll see you at the matches. It's go time! Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexay of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. What's up, guys and gals? Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book every 
Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, you'll catch us doing video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at snsradionetwork.com. Come check us out. The following is a public service announcement from Wrestling News Live. Reasons not to marry a porn star. Did you hear the news that uh, Tito Ortiz was arrested for domestically abusing his uh, his girlfriend, Jenna Jameson? No, he probably tried to fuck her. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway, and he just said, What the fuck? Where have you been? Slap! <laughs> that reminds me of the quote from Triple H a couple years back when he said, You know, even a 747 looks uh, small flying in the Grand Canyon. I mean, how can you, in all honesty... Be a person not in the porn industry married to a porn star and be okay with it. <laughs> you know what? I'd have a serious problem with that. I mean, let's say she's got an early shoot. She gets up, she washes her pussy and goes to work. <laughs> then you wake up, and while you're eating pancakes, she's fucking somebody else. While you walk to the mailbox to get the mail, she's fucking somebody else. When you come inside and turn on the TV and have a cup of tea, she's fucking somebody else. Then she's having lunch while you're taking a nap in your lazy boy. She comes back from lunch and punches in and starts fucking somebody else. <laughs> then she comes home. You tell the bitch that you want dinner. She makes you something in the microwave and goes to bed. And you're jacking off because she spent all day fucking somebody else. <laughs> you're having tea. She's getting tea bagged. <laughs> oh, I love this show. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks at Wrestling News Live. segment of this week's whole indie show with Randy, Sandra and Ashley and yes it's time to talk Ring of Honor's 11th anniversary show from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, first thing we'll touch on is the fact that there was a dark match that happened where Grizzly Redwood defeated Darren Dean. So... Is it one of you guys that doesn't like Redwood? Because I'm not. No, I don't mind. I see the beard's badass from Redwood. I'm just not that <laughs> huge of a Redwood fan. Or like some matches, I've been a bit kind of like. Eh. Although I don't mind seeing him around. To be honest, just and eh, I'm really the biggest fan of his work. Right. Sucks that he's kind of not really been seen a lot, but hey, sometimes it happens. So then we uh, move into the actual event itself, and the first match was the a pretty action-packed six-man affair with Tadarius Thomas taking on QT Marshall, taking on Adam Page, taking on Silas Young, taking on ACH, taking on Mike Sydal, and yeah, considering there was quite a lot of people, you're going to expect quite a bit of. Uh, 
high acrobatics and overall I enjoyed this match even the fact that R.D. Evans got involved yes Archie who yes QT Marshall getting in uh, of course QT Marshall and R.D. Evans R.D. Evans has it been showing has it shown up very recently for QT Marshall as late but ACH finally getting a victory in Ring of Honor this time uh, hitting the cram for the exam on Silas Young another guy who's starting to who's also starting to get more of a uh, would be the best word for me to say more of an interest in Ring of Honor so to say or more appearances I think it's a better word for me to say there Sandra. Yeah, this was a, a pretty great opening match, and I was uh, very happy to see that ACH won. Now, um, the next one is the beginning of whatever how the hell happened. And that's Cedric Alexander and Caprice Coleman versus Scum. And this, this was a good match, I will say, but... Was it supposed to be like a no holds barred style match? Can't remember. Which one? The um, Scum and was it just a rematch? Scum and Alexander. Yeah, CNC? just a rematch. Nothing. There was yeah. really anything. No holds barred. But yeah, it's still a good match though, certainly. And Scum coming out on top with a new. Apparently, we have a new double team from. Um, uh, from Scum with a Spike Got style pile driver. Perhaps inspired by CM Punk. Possibly. <laughs> although from what, although from last night or the rumors or whatever, Karina, I don't know if Karina and Punk are still cool again, but there is some. For, uh, the story I remember hearing, or at least uh, my alter, our alternate universe co-host was telling me about this that. Carino had a falling out with Punk due to Punk going out with Alice in Danger, who's, of course, Carino's sister. Oh. <laughs> okay, so you've probably seen or heard about this too, Sandro. Yeah, yeah, I know where you're going. Because <laughs> Punk and Carino were really good friends, uh, from what I remember hearing. And, like, they'd always bring that up on Ring of Honor, too. But, yeah, they're not really... <laughs> oh, no, it might, a lot has probably changed since then, so I can't really say how it is now. And even then, if it really did happen, so that's why I'm kind of doing the whole legend. The key thing is, is he still going out with Karina's sister? Uh, definitely not. No, Alice in Danger <laughs> exactly. is married. To, well, yeah, Alice in Danger is married to Ari's. They have a kid together too. The kid that Portia Perez almost killed back at Shimmer. I want to say fourteen. And that's uh, somewhat of a actually that'd be a paper clip for a lot of y'all because <laughs> I, I know I mentioned before about the whole Portia Perez trying to kill Alice in Dangers, <laughs> and that's why Mickey Knuckles vacated the belt. <laughs> Portia was coming for that kid. <laughs> <laughs> but then. Uh... Then we, next up, we had the... Oh, Sandra, give your thoughts on Scum and CNC. Oh, I agree. This was a, a pretty good tag team match. You know, uh, CNC looked good here, and uh, hopefully they'll some, be somewhat on a higher higher stats in the uh, tag division. Mm. And uh, 
Next up was the no holds barred fight between Haas and Whitmer, and they did show before it. They had a car park brawl a few weeks back, which was, and I never saw it on the Ring of Honor cut TV stuff, but the clip that they did have on the show looked pretty hard hitting, and apparently it wasn't hard hitting enough because the match was, god damn! I mean, Whitmer took a Whitmer went for a table. And then also they they recreated the they recreated the final move from Final Battle when it looked like BJ nearly broke his neck. Well, that's right. Except dude. they landed it properly. Thinking about it in the history of Ring of Honor, there, how many spots has it BJ Whitmerven been involved in that he nearly died or practically died from theirs? The punk I think spot. One hand's worth. Yeah, there's. All right, I'm, there's the punk spot from. I want to say it was Epic Encounter was a show. Don't quote me on that, but the one where he went through a table very similar to Final Battle. Um, the the super. Uh, Sandra probably knows about this. Remember when he power bombed Jacobs into the crowd from the top? Uh, yeah, well, was this at the uh, the same show with uh, Joel Kambashi? Uh no 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 that was it was at well after that it was in 06. Oh. I think it was something else. But hell yeah the Jacobs Whitmer feud you could probably count on two hands all the crazy I, spots they did. I do remember that spot happened. I do remember Whitmer was involved. Yeah. Yeah. And uh uh but yeah, nonetheless but also the, uh, there was a ladder bridge there was a suplex through a ladder. And then I think the the referee, yeah, the referee stopped the fight due to Whitmer just giving endless knees to the back of Haas's head. He just like for safety just went no. Apparently, also Cheeseburger did a run in at one point. Oh yeah, he did with the sling on him as well. I was hoping Whitmer would have put the Peruvian necktie on Charlie Haas, even though although I don't think I've ever seen him really use it in Ring of Honor. In fact, he kind of I think he kind of stopped using that move. Really cool-looking submission move, <laughs> too, that he started using when he came back. But Whitmer getting the victory there. Remember, there's that Olympic slam spot looked pretty nasty, too. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, he took, yeah, he took the Olympic slam on the ladder. Yeah, there was a, a lot of plunder in this match. And uh, I remember when the when the ref called for the bell, the fans were just silent. They were just like, what? Like, they just weren't expecting that. But... No, for what it was, it was still a good match, regardless. So, it was fun yeah. what it was, and I, I haven't been watching Ring of Honor TV. So, uh, seeing Charlie Haas with this new uh, gimmick that he has, it, it caught me off guard because this was something I was not expecting from him. Uh, I thought that was kind of well, hilarious. The crowd, or should I say, the crowd, or should I say, lack of crowd, really um, was a factor throughout the whole night. Sort of, in my opinion, because. Some bits they weren't really into, but I think they should have been. And other times they were really, you know, really like popping for no reason. Perhaps it had been a long day. I don't know. But uh, next up, uh, I guess one of the dream matches on the card, and that was Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov taking on the American Wolves, because obviously they're. As as discussed previously with myself and Sandro, there's been a lot. Of, there's a lot of history involved here, certainly with Kozlov. 
Um, yeah, pretty much in terms of Ring of Honor and well, even New Japan, of course, no secret, Davey Richards and Rocky Romero, former tag team partners in Ring of Honor as part of the No Remorse Corps, along with Roderick Strong. And then they also teamed in New Japan, winning the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles twice before, uh, with both the titles being vacated due to, uh, Richards, uh, either the car crash, which kind of pretty much sealed his fate with New Japan. Which was a bit promising. They really did like him in New Japan, but uh, he fucked up there. And um, for, for but, a minute at the start, though, of this match, I did think I was watching the Bolsheviks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Alex Kozlov, who's not a stranger to Ring of Honor either. He's done some matches. They actually had a very somewhat infamous match with Rocky Romero back at Final Battle 2009. With um, very infamous for uh, I think. There was a mess up in the finish. Either they called the bell too early or it was something like that, but kind of weird stuff too. And of course, Kozlov and Romero team currently in New Japan and Forever Hooligans also teamed back in AAA as uh, Degeneration Max along with uh, uh, Sean Waltman. So that's kind of all the history there. And then Eddie Edwards, of course, Richard's partner. And one thing I found funny too was the theme Forever Hooligans came out to, which was. A uh, bladed ripoff of their uh, <laughs> New Japan thing, which yeah. <laughs> they can't use for certain reasons. Hell, even New Japan can't use a non-I pay-per-view due to it being a mainstream theme. And for those of you that don't know, it's Blowing Money Fast by Rick Ross. And you had a good match, <laughs> along with all the <laughs> other stuff I mentioned. Yeah. American Mall's getting the win. Then a hug. It was like, hug it out. Between Romero and uh, Richards. Apparently the crowd gave him a standing ovation. Is it that the crowd were into that one, but then I guess because they were blown out by ACH, they didn't really react hugely to the the scum match or... Yeah, they were... Ri- ACH was stupid over in Chicago. They <laughs> really... I think he took everybody from him for everybody that was there in Chicago the night before from the AAW show. Oh, and they turned up at the Ring of Honor show. It makes me want to watch that AAW show if he really put it on, especially him in Del Sol. Woo! Forget about it. Uh. Man's popular, man. Sandra, your thoughts on uh, American Wars going over? Uh. Not surprised to be honest, you know, it was pretty much the only right choice to do. And, uh, you know, the match itself was another a great tag match here. And I, I did like the fact that uh, the commentary team acknowledges the fact that uh, the pass between uh, Richards and uh, Romero. I thought that was a nice touch that they did. Uh, great match. And hopefully we'll see Romero and Kozlov in future shows if they're allowed to. Well, um, I can kind of say it. They will be... Yeah, close your ears if you don't want to hear this for those of you listening. They will be involved in one of the matches at the tapings. Spoiler alert. Yeah, we will be talking about the tapings after this. So and yeah, we'll, That's we'll about all first. I can really say due to... Well, I can probably say more, but yeah, that you, this won't be the yeah. last you see of Forever Hooligans in Ring of Honor. Or at least for the time being. I can't wait to I I can't wait to get to the tapings for another reason. But once you hear me talk about it, you'll know the reason why. Um, after the intermission, we had the two out of three falls match with 
Strong versus Elgin. Truth Martini banned from ringside. Did uh, did he, yeah? Did he come out? I don't think he did. Did he? Martini? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's done with. He's done with Strong and Elgin. They ended that. I just found it interesting that he was banned from ringside. It's like, well, considering the treatment he was given at Final Battle, I don't think he'd want to associate. Yeah. Himself. <laughs> <laughs> just slightly, but uh, yeah. Interesting that Elgin basically tried to do it quick. Because within, within about two minutes, he buckle-bombed Strong and then Elgin-bombed him and then got the first fall. Yeah. And then it came down to Strong evening it up with a suplex into a backbreaker. The end of, I don't think they... They don't call that in the Ring of Honor as much. The end of Heartache is the kind of official name for it. Or, or it's yeah. a fresh backbreaker. Which I actually like that name too, but Into Heartache sounds a bit cooler. So it was a long second fall. And then third fall... Uh, third fall was a submission with uh, Strong having to submit to Elgin from the crossface. A Canadian uh, favorite. Yes. Well, actually, the sharpshooter yep. would probably be more the Canadian favorite. Well, especially after what, uh, after who the crossface yeah. is associated. Well, that too. And as which... we uh, as we know from last week's Raw, that is John Cena. <laughs> no, no, or, no, no. Or Bobby, <laughs> Bobby. Oh, yeah, Bobby Roode uses the crossface too. Um, He's Canadian. You could compare that for him now. Yeah, but like, let's say Bobby Roode at the yeah, but Cena used it. It's like Cena never uses it. No, Michaels, no, 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 no. Michaels no. tended to use it a little more afterwards. Cena's five moves of doom <laughs> after that rule became about nine. Well, technically, te- technically, it's a it's a STF, so it's not really a cross because you know he he, he crosses the his opponent's leg. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So there you go. What I was going to say is that the eighth, well, the ninth move of Doom is actually the Hurricane Rana, but it's actually a, a move of Doom to himself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going yeah, off the doing that off the top, but even then, that sounds even more dangerous. <laughs> he is not Scott Steiner. Yeah, yet. okay, yeah. Scott Steiner can still do it as huge as it. Well, he was always doing it with big ass muscles. <laughs> but, yeah, strong Elgin, very good match, certainly. Your guys' thoughts? Yeah, this is a good affair. Not, um, yeah, pretty much like I say, yeah, a pretty good match and more than likely going to lead to bigger things for Elgin and hopefully Strong. Well, Strong will pretty much have a job with Ring of Honor, so I'm not worried about him so much. He'll probably just bounce around or he'll find something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just like Randy said, uh, a good match. Uh, the right person won. And hopefully this will be the end between Elgin and Strong because I want Elgin uh, to be around that uh, world title picture and hopefully this will be the start of it. Yeah, long overdue. This feud needs to uh, be done for a bit. But, uh, oh, blimey. Next up, Matt Hardy turns up. And... If you thought the crowd were pretty quiet, they suddenly perked up a bit because they were booing like mother hubbers. Just if they, they were, I think booing is kind of booing isn't enough. 
I think it was like sheer hatred. I think that's kind of the view that they had, which is a bit strong, but... I don't know, people still... Either they have their opinion... They still kind of have their opinions of Hardy, which they really shouldn't, considering he's proven quite capable with what he's done in Ring of Honor. Like, he's passed the issues he did have. Him and his brother. (laughs) Yeah. So it's one of those where... uh, but if they're actually booing him just because they booing him or whatever, then yeah. But so uh, something tells me there's still a bit of a grudge. But oh well, better him being healed than for it. There, he'll definitely get booed for it, which is what he's been getting. Well, it just feels like they just hate him because he he's uh, you know a former WWE superstar, and yeah. you know the typical Ring of Honor marks. You know they frown upon upon that where. You know, seeing a, a former star come to there, uh, which I is guess. ironic considering eight years ago they cheered the hell out of him, and go back ten years ago they were cl- they were wishing he was there instead of his brother Jeff and Jeff Hardy's exactly. sole ring of honor appearance. So it just shows you the fickleness that they can be. Why did, they cheer Chris Why did they cheer Chris here at Final Battle of two thousand eleven? <clears throat> they knew he was going to WWE. Oh, yeah, because Chris Hero, that was like the only time he was ever faced, weirdly enough. <laughs> like, he was always yeah. a heel, which was somewhat surprising considering uh, some things. Eh, somewhat, but nonetheless, Matt Hardy came out, and I believe, yeah, this was for him. He did, uh, I think he did the promo, and then it was to set up for the first of three title matches on the show. Yeah, um... And let the shock begin. <laughs> yes, here, here comes. Yeah, the music we came into was Tales of the Unexpected because this is where it started. Because Matt Tavern goes over Adam Cole and is your new TV champion. Dun dun dun. Yes, you which of that- course means one thing. Adam Cole is going to gut check. No, um, he. I'm guessing he's probably he's probably Stanford bound. Well, not really Stanford. Oh, he might. Uh, he might. Stanford via Florida, I guess. There's been a lot of talk about yeah Cole going to the E, and this kind of solidifies some of the talk, or at least straight strengthens the views on some people with Matt Taven, who, if I'm not mistaken, he was supposed to be going to the E too. Apparently, that shit fell through, as he's now your TV champion along with. Uh, now with Truth Martini, kind of, it's hard to say, and going into it, what we'll talk about later, this might have been the more shocking of the two. I think almost for the sheer, well, one, for the main fact that they already had Matt Hardy and Adam Cole announced, which Matt Hardy was really playing up that fact that, oh, Adam Cole was going to go through Taven, which he didn't after uh, Truth Martini ended up tripping up Matt, Adam Cole in that setup for Matt Taven to hit. A, I believe it was like a headlock driver, which is Sammy Callahan's old finisher. Or, um, what's his name? Derek Bateman uses has used it before in the E, or I think still does. And even then, I think he's still injured, so... And the move's uh, similar if you when you do watch it and see it. And yes, Matt Taven is your new Ring of Honor television champion, all the, from winning the top prospect tournament, which I honestly thought wasn't really going to be much to him, but it has here... As Truth Martini now has the TV title back in his graphs. And, of course, a little kind of history, of course, 
Adam Cole beat Roderick Strong for it when Roderick Strong was still in the House of Truth at the time. So, truth my- hashtag Hoopla. <laughs> hashtag Hoopla. And then you'll see some more stuff with Martini and Taven, including two. Uh, well, we'll get into that with the spoilers, but. Yeah. <laughs> You can tell by my reaction that that's the thing I'm most keen to talk about. <laughs> but um, if you remembered what happened at the AAW show not too long ago, you'll like what we're talking about here. <laughs> Sandro, your thoughts on the title change? Um, the match itself was good. Um, of course, uh, like everybody else, nobody expected this to happen. But, you know, it seems like a good move. Uh, you know, I guess they're trying to uh, push Matt Taven, and now that he's associated with um, Truth Martini, this could be somewhat of a start for him. Um, I thought the finish looked really good. I've personally never seen it before. It's pretty innovative, in my opinion. Um, yeah, you know, it's just like nobody expected it to happen. And one last thing about the match itself, I just want to know, what the fuck was Truth Martini wearing? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's a bisexual or at least in the gimmick oh lord even though they really kind of played it straight (laughs) but definitely he could be be trisexual or that well (laughs) a lot of the things that Martini's been saying he he might believe that Planet of the Apes movie's real (laughs) (laughs) why is the Statue of Liberty covered in all this (laughs) Why the hell did they? Why the hell did they change the ending so Abraham Lincoln's got a monkey's face? <laughs> Damn you, Tim Burton! Anyway, next up, shock number two: the tag team titles on the line. Briscoe's defending and lose to Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. The team of Red Dragon dun, dun, dun. goes over and. Again, I didn't see this coming. And the, even interesting that they won with the old Future Shock double team. The chase, uh, chasing the dragon in this case, or I forgot what. I'm really, st- we're really sticking it to bloody Adam Cole. <laughs> wow. And see, I thought the Briscoes were going to be some. Well, the Brisco. Well. Somehow the Briscoes probably are going to be involved at the uh, WrestleMania weekend show. But we'll get to that. But I thought it was going to be with the tag belts, but in all honesty, Kylo Riley deserves to be there, I think. Kylo Riley deserves to be tag team champion. He's both in Future Shock and... Did Future Shock get the tag titles? They never did. never did that. They never really. They were kind of getting to that point, and then they just broke him up. Which was is that Kyle's first title? Yes, this is Kyle O'Reilly's first title. So is Bobby Fish, who the guy who kind of bounced around every um, from Ring of Honor. He kind of made some appearances in Ring of Honor back in the day, and then he's now a full time member and has come back and or to come back or. He's come out strong with the uh, Red Dragon, and of course, they're now your new tag champs. And very, almost somewhat reminiscent of with the Briscoe brother back in 2007 with the Briscoe brothers 
won the titles back at Fifth Year Festival in. I have to look this up again, even though I was just seeing it in Chicago. Weirdly enough, and then and then a week later, they lose the titles in their first defense to Naruki Doi and Shingo. I will say though that O'Reilly deserves the title. Yeah, no, he's work for the work that he's done. So good to see, Sandra. Uh. This was a, a great match, um, another great tag match. Um, I, I got to be honest, I don't mind the change at all. I think it's a good move, and it gives more purpose to the Wolves Red Dragon feud, which yeah is already yeah. Uh, I don't mind it, and we'll talk about the Briscoes later on. I'll give my thoughts on them. <laughs> And then we come to the main event, Steen versus Lethal, which blew me away. It was a brilliant match. Even the, I don't know if it was a spot that was supposed to go wrong, but what looked to be a top rope brain buster, which oh, actually just yeah. went to the match. Botch. Oh, Gavin's a botch. That was brilliant. Yeah, but he <laughs> yeah. never... But he never hit the turnbuckle. That's what, I'm like, wow. Really? That's what makes it even more. That, that's what that's make it even more worse. It's like you were supposed to have a comfy landing. No, you're gonna land on the mat. <laughs> yeah, but little interesting fact there. Jay Lethal was in the main event of the first ever anniversary show, and now main eventing this one. Was he? I don't remember. Yes, that. he was at the. Yeah, he was at the scramble match. Are you trying to imply that this is the last ever Ring of Honor anniversary show? <laughs> no, but that was something I found very coincidental that he went. He was actually on the first. Yeah, he was actually in the main event of the first ever anniversary show with mm. a whole bunch of people in a crate. Uh, well, if you remember the scramble matches from Tax Rebels, you know what you were getting with that, which was a ton of a ton of crazy spots and uh, wrestlers getting blown oh. up about five minutes in. Yeah. Uh- it, What's and that one match? went, I think, like 40 minutes, too. It went on forever. <laughs> yeah, w- wasn't this a match with uh, Special K against uh, Red, the SATs, uh, and uh, Divine Storm? Yeah, no, it's the one where Mikey Whipwreck turned on him at the end. And yeah, 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 that's the one. Yeah. Okay, okay. I remember that match. Yeah, a very uh, spotty match there. But the interesting thing was, basically... It all the time throughout it, it kind of teased that Steen's changing because he sh- he put out his hand to shake Lethal's hand, and Lethal wanted nothing to do with it. But it was Steen that actually went, you know, let's do the code of honor. And he didn't. Jimmy Jacobs came out saying, "Come on, let's let's get rid of him," and Steen was like, "No, I'm going to do it myself." And. I think, yeah, he got the win with the uh, F sank, didn't he? I can't remember. Because I saw it a few days it back. It was... Was that top rope? No, yeah, it was the brain buster. Non, did it. Oh, it was the, yeah, it was brain the brain buster. buster. The brain buster that went wrong that led to the the win. and Yeah, very good match, certainly. And then in another scene re- reminiscent from the first anniversary show, full chaos so, ensuing... <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Oddly enough, oh, even more comparisons. uh, Going back to little history lesson, there the first the one year anniversary show is also very infamous for a riot that happened during after the Steve Carino homicide match, 
Yeah, and guess who's in the middle of this one? <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. This is yeah, very interesting. Scum started uh, beating down the what was it? Yeah, Carino and Rhino Jacobs came, in, came yeah. out. And then I think some of the roster tried to come out to help him. Was Steen attacking Lethal after his... No, Steen did not do anything. He was just standing there. It was... Let me see. Yes. I think I think Jacobs might have started attacking, but then Rhino came in and hit the gore. The Briscoes came in, and Rhino took care of one of them. And then I believe Jimmy Rabe showed up after that. And then that led to yeah, but, uh... BJ Whitmer coming out. Which yeah. had um, uh, which led to Jim um, right Titus coming out and turning and uh, scum, and then you had I don't know if this was the I know CNC Wrestle Factory came out, Elgin came out, and then Comp uh, Cliff Compton made his debut, which it's it, uh, heard a very interesting scenario why he might be involved with scum, and then Matt Hardy came, uh, then Adam Cole came out, and then Matt Hardy came out. And a few of them were getting tied up. And then Carino came out pretty much saying the war has started. Yeah, it was. So, yeah. To, to, to clarify all that craziness, Rhett Titus is now part of Scum. Matt Hardy is now part of Scum. Jimmy Rave has returned and he's part of Scum. And Cliff Compton is now part of Scum course if you know who Clint Compton's friends with it kind of makes sense with the whole people that have kind of been cast out of Ring of Honor of course that being Colt Cabana mm-hmm. but, uh, and then Jimmy Rave of course kind of got cast out due to his kind of lackluster <laughs> in 09 which sadly were a bit drug well actually were drug fueled that's a- <laughs> yeah that's what it goes yeah not it's one thing and yeah, if you ever saw Raven 09, then and you say he sucks, like you need to watch his stuff before with the embassy. But then again, that embassy was just doomed to fail. <laughs> like nothing. Yeah, Carino basically claimed that they'd all been wrong by Ring of Honor. Uh, and uh, Titus, they got we they they got a Ring of Honor flag and failed at trying to knife it apart. Good old Jacobs. Why did you bring a plastic knife? Or it must have been a plastic knife because it basically did nothing. And uh, it's just. And then it was like, yeah, proclaim the proclaim the death of Ring of Honor. So in essence, you've created Aces and Eight. Which isn't working in TNA, so why would it work in Ring of Honor? What? The only bright point of that whole thing was Steam was just looking on, just looking shocked all the time. He cer- he certainly now seems, to, considering he was the guy that founded it, he certainly now seems to be very much on the peripheral of scum. It's one of those, it's gonna, there's gonna be a point where more than likely Steed will, unless it's all a ruse, which I highly doubt, but it seems like, yeah, Steed's on the outs with Scum, especially with Carino kind of going. Well, if, 
I think it's Sandro. You said it in last week's preview when they set up the lethal, uh, lethal versus Steen match. Steen always said it was never about Ring of Honor being bad. It was about getting rid of Jim Cornette. That's why Jim Cornette is Jim Cornette is now gone. Which is why he gave Lethal the title shot because he thanked yes. Lethal for getting him out of uh, Ring of Honor. Course going back to the Rawway incident back at uh, Killer Instinct and all that happened there, which ended up being <laughs> part. Of, which ended up weirdly enough being the last. Like that was the last of Cornette both storyline <laughs> and in real life or outside kayfabe, whatever. I don't know what the term would be in that. But regardless, uh, Steed was happy for that and congrats, gave Lethal the shot and also him protecting Lethal at one point during the TV tapings. And then there's been accusations of Kevin Steed going a bit soft. Uh, Sandra, your thoughts on um, NWO version 472? Well, let me just say this. It seems like people invading is like the in thing in wrestling right now. Uh, obviously, as you pointed out, Ashley, we see it in TNA, and we see it in WWE with the Shield. So it seems like somebody in create probably a delirious decided, hey, you know, since people are invading, let's do that too. We see it in CZW. We see it in Shikara. <laughs> AIW had the Nixon has the Nixon oh, angle yeah. going on. Uh-huh. There you go. ACW has a re- uh, has a st- well, even though they've been around for a while, they have a stable called the Takeover. That's one of the main stables there. Um, well, yeah, there's always really been invasion angles. And wrestling is uh, has been invaded by the Harlem Shake, <laughs> but <laughs> or um, <laughs> but. But but anyways, um, I I'm not mad at the concept that they're going with. Uh, I'm glad to see Jimmy Ray back. You know, I, I thought he was good. Not that he was great, but you know, I'm just glad to see him back in Ring of Honor. Uh, Red Titus. Uh, to me, I have a theory of why he joined, and it's you know basically because. You know, uh, Kenny King left. You know, because Kenny King yeah, cleared the he left. <laughs> He's on his own. He's been teaming with BJ Whitmer, but he's been like somewhat lost in the shuffle. So it makes sense exactly. for him yeah, to he... be in scum. Literally, the worst thing that could have happened was King leaving for him. Like he's really been like neat, lit. you said he's lost in the shuffle. <laughs> yeah. To reiterate what you said there, Matt Hardy. Um, well, when you think about it, it, it makes sense because you know people don't like him. So it's like, well, people don't like me. Fuck it, I'll join the people that, you know, the group that make them more heal. Exactly, because they still. Oh, that's another thing too. Look at the scum reaction that Carino and Jacobs got. They're still, it might be because area, but they're still pretty popular with some fans. Well, as you said, it with some fans. You know, yeah. it depends on which area they go to. Yeah, I think quite a lot of the fans at the building were like. I, I, I think I wouldn't have mind seeing it slowly, you know, as a build, like once a week or something over TV. 
Although, you know what was the funniest thing? I will say, sorry to cut you off there. Remember when Hardy was, when, like, the talks were about Hardy coming back and they showed that video of him and Steen? I remember before all that happened, I was thinking, what if Hardy, and legit, (laughs) no little, uh, I was foresight or whatever, but yeah, I was thinking, what if Matt Hardy's joining Scum? And look what happened. (laughs) Because <laughs> they never really, after that happened, other than like that PWX show, they never had like any contact or really were in the same together yeah. in Ring of Honor until. It's like, oh my god, it's going to be Steen versus. And then he turned up in Ring of Honor and everybody was thinking he's going to go for Steen's title. And then he said, I'm going. And it was like, oh, well, that's. um, And then they completely forgot about the fact. Hang on. You might have a bone to pick. Mm. <laughs> And as far as Cliff Compton goes, uh, that's just like the uh, TV He got screwed fight. by the Africans. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. There's a paper clip right there. Power <laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, anyways, uh, just like the TV title uh, result, you know, it's unexpected. Uh, but here's a, somewhat of a paper clip for you. Um, I think he's supposed to be one of the other masked guys in Aces and Eights because if you remember, there was one guy who had a vest on with uh, no sleeves, the long hair. Yeah, that's um, supposed to be him. I think that was. I think that might have been Briscoe. They're now saying it's Briscoe. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think it was oh, Briscoe. They're now. Okay. They're now. So it clearly could have been somebody else. Yeah. It's like how last week we saw the final masked guy apparently being the leader being unmasked off camera by Angle and then next week we find out it was Hornswoggle. Because I know there was a report saying that uh, Compton was supposed to be in that group. So yeah, maybe I did something those two. Yeah, so probably something Then he saw Mike Knox was in it and he thought, I'm staying away from that. <laughs> Which is probably for a better move for him in my opinion. Yeah, but but anyways, um, yeah, with Steen, um, I don't know where they're going with this. I mean, it seems like they are teasing him to go babyface. Uh, it doesn't really matter if he does or not because the fans still love him regardless. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how they play this out uh, with the TV tapings coming up. So I'm looking forward to see what happens here. Well, at least there is one thing we do know about Steen. He won't be facing El Generico at Final Battle 2013. Mm-hmm. That's one thing we can probably be sure of. I assume you mean by TLC 2013, then, yeah, but on even then, I don't know if Steen will get signed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we won't be seeing that in WWE. Oh, yeah. No, in essence, if El Generico is let go by the end of this year by WWE, they're idiots. But now, um, a quick mention of some of the spoilers. Spoiler alerts happened. Yeah, spoilers alert. Spoilers alert. First one that's worth bringing up is the fact that uh, Matt Tavern kind of had a parade as being the new champion. And uh, the in the bit in the big moment that happened, Matt Tavern whipped his belt out 
kind of in that kind of sexual way. More than likely, exactly in that way. (laughs) Two girls that were with him, Scarlett and Val Malone. Is that Scarlett Bordeaux? Yes. That's what I was mentioning. AEW. Now I'm watching Throwdown Lowdown over and over again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, When he whipped it out, the girls randomly took off their pants. Woo! And were just there in their bottoms. And the crowd was like, this is so not going on Sinclair. And if it is, that's epic. There's now a reason to watch the episode. Now that they're in 18 new markets. Yeah, true. Although some of those new markets are actually the same because they're having to sell off one of the other stations for the new New York, New Jersey area, I think. Oh. For competition reasons, they can't have. They can't own every single station in New York. Apparently, uh, Bloomberg made that ruling just to piss off Bronx. Hey, Bronx! A lot of things Bloomberg does has done to piss off New Yorkers. I've heard. Yeah, he pissed me off too. <laughs> I don't think I've actually was I. I don't think I've actually been to New York since Bloomberg's been mayor. But <laughs> you're lucky. That's been a long. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Hell, movies were still ten bucks then to get it. They're probably worse now. Holy <laughs> shit! Oh god. Apparently, um, uh, ra- apparently, uh, a Colt Cabana chant randomly broke out as well in the tapings. That will that probably won't make it on air. Exactly. But that's brilliant. Uh, also, an interesting bit that Charlie Harson was basically talking about how he carried Shelton Benjamin for a decade. So it looks like the world's greatest tag team members could be possibly taking each other one on one at the uh, Supercard of Honor. Hmm? God, I hope so. Uh, then, apparently, it. They had to. They they announced that there was going to be a number one contenders match for the TV title coming up um, at Supercard of Honor, and Matt Hardy apparently came through an alternate path, knocked down the ramp. No, Maurice. Actually, to be honest, say hello to the Sons of Anarchy. Um, Actually, then again, LAX had the alternate entrance too, so that's not totally a bad thing. That just happens yeah. to be something that's currently employed in. <laughs> and apparently, as well, apparently as well, um, the, uh, from the notes that I'm getting from PW Ponderings, uh, a DDP yoga chant was cha- started at Matt Hardy. Yes. <laughs> Well, considering how other people have probably harshly called him Fat Lardy, it's uh, hmm. it's interesting. But uh, although speaking of Ring of Honor, I do kind of have some breaking news right now. Oh, and that is at Border Wars 2013, Kevin Steen will defend his ROH World Title up against Adam Cole. Oh, so he isn't going yet. <laughs> He isn't going yet, then. <laughs> Wait a minute. They're already announcing the main event before their next show, their next IP review is happening. I guess so. Unless, I don't it's know if they're... that we mentioned that, yep. because one of the next spoilers that came out is 
Jay Briscoe is challenging Kevin Steen for the title. Well, Ring of Honor has done this before. They kind of build matches beforehand. Then again, they they did it for the TV title. Supercard of Honor was going to be Cole versus Matt Hardy. And then, whoop! Super That never happened. (laughs) Well, Uh, go ahead, Zanner. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, it could still happen. I mean, Cole could still get... Well, he could get signed with the, with the E. I mean, let's not forget, he's he's already lost a couple of titles that he's held in different promotions. Uh, he's lost the PWX World title recently, and now he lost the TV title. How long will it be before he loses the PWG title? Isn't he supposed to be defending it in a few weeks? Yeah. Note to self. <laughs> anyway, note to self on my PWG picks. Adam Cole might lose um then apparently they ha- apparently they're going to have a show solely dedicated to scum nwo so there's your episode of nwo thunder there people there you go <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um see yeah the 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 very the last of the four episodes that they take featured the Women of Honor match with Athena, Mischief, Cherry Bomb, and Scarlet Bordeaux. With Athena getting the win on Cherry Bomb. And then after the match, Vader Scott, who was on commentary, because is she, is she actually a wrestler in Ring of Honor or is she just like the girl with the mic? Right now, just the girl with the mic, but... Can, yeah, what happened is Vader got misted by Mischief. So, methinks Vader versus Mischief at Supercard of Honor. Hell yeah. Well, it's nice to know that ROH is finally using different uh, different women other than random women's wrestler gets Mischief or random women's wrestler gets Sarah Del Rey. Yeah. Oh, and uh, as... Uh, Although Dina, yeah, I'd say is like another... As Randy kind of teased as well, uh, the tag titles were on the line, and Forever Hooligans did challenge O'Reilly and Red Dragon, should I say, O'Reilly and Fish, but uh, Red Dragon retained, and then the American Wars had a stare down, so it's a rematch of Final Battle, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Coming up at the uh, Supercard of Honor. So, interesting set of matches so far, which no doubt I'm kind of confused as to when the hell we're going to talk about all these matches because I think the whole show might be picks that week. Well, <laughs> well, let me just say this before we end off um, with a few things. But first off, uh, what do you guys grade the show? Despite the crappy NWO-like ending, just because of the swerves, A-. minus. It was overall a really good show. It probably... The, the, the ending kind of did lower it from an A or an A+. Plus, but certainly A-. minus. It was, it was still a very strong show, well-booked, and... Um, yeah, very impressed. Um, 
Yeah, I'll kind of say minus two. This was a a better, a way better anniversary show that I've seen in a while. Because the 10th anniversary was okay. Ninth anniversary was... You can maybe watch it if you want to. Eighth anniversary, I don't uh, remember it. But that was uh, the one where Tyler Black won the title. And then well, then you can go back on anniversary shows. But um, yeah, this is a really good effort. Very shocking kind of second half, especially with the two title changes. And then four more members actually getting at it to scum with at least one surprise to most people. One of them would have been a surprise. So good show all around. Oh, and <coughs> also ACH getting a win, which makes us happy here. So there's that. <laughs> Uh, myself, yeah. myself, I'll I'll probably give it an A, uh, simply because for someone as myself who doesn't watch uh, Ring of Honor TV, I, I I really don't follow it. I said it before. I like the fact that they shown uh, video highlights of every match before it happened, just to give you a catch up of what's been going on up to the match. And I thought that was a great way to to show to to show to the I guess casual Ring of Honor fans who maybe just watches the IP and the international fans that may not be aware that they can watch the matches on Ring of Honor's website. Yeah, I guess them too. I, I thought it was a great way to you know give them a catch up. Uh, the matches were were good. They were all good. I can't really complain any one of them. So I give it an A. And as far as the main event for the Supercard of Honor. The main event doesn't really intrigue me that much, simply because I don't buy. Uh, is it Jay Briscoe that's getting the title shot? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't buy him as a singles wrestler. I can't buy him as that yet. Uh, the only way that I could buy him as a serious contender, if he's if he's breaks up with you know with his brother Mark, and they both go on a single run. As long as it's still together, they're not. I don't consider them as a serious threat to the current champions, whoever they may be. In this case, Steen. Um, now, with that said, I want to give somewhat of a, a theory that might happen with Scum. After what just happened at the recent show, I have a feeling that Ring of Honor or in this case, Nigel McGuinness, might bring somebody from the past to take on Scum. And for some reason, I feel that they might bring Low-Key. Oh. That'd be the biggest. I thought you were going to say Samoa Joe. Huge swerve. (laughs) No, Low-Key. No, Low-Key's even a bigger swerve than Joe. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Now, the reason I say... Super, super swerve. Yes. Now, the reason I say this, because last week I said that it was announced that New Japan uh, apparently released uh, Low-Key, Shelton Benjamin, at MVP. And I made a prediction that maybe Low-Key would show up at the Dragon Gate USA shows because... Now that he's free, he might come back. But now, after seeing this whole uh, angle that they're building up, I'm thinking that they might bring in Loki to help Ring of Honor to take on Scum. And I think that would be a big, big surprise for the fans itself. 
and I would like to see that happening. Yeah, that's that's an interesting. That sounds like a pretty interesting. Yeah, that sounds good. That's yeah. That's all. That's all I can say. Let's <laughs> go. Yeah, because I kind I kind of see a point. Well, even if it isn't low key, so it, it seems logical that it will be somebody, somebody even from probably Jacobs and Carino's past. From back in the day to try and uh, stop the stop the uh, scum W.O. or whatever we call them, but uh, yeah, that's that's all for Ring of Honor for this week. Be interesting when it comes around again. In, is it four? I think it's four weeks from now, isn't it? For the whole WrestleMania weekend, so. That's 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 all from that. When we come back for our third segment, we are going to have a little bit of picks. I think we we may do TNA, we may not, but certainly we will be doing both Chikara shows and the CZW show happening this weekend as well. So uh, we'll see you in a few minutes for more of the whole indie show on the SNS Radio Network. looking for a show that talks about TNA wrestling? Then tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella as he reviews the latest episode of Impact Wrestling and takes your phone calls to get your thoughts on the state of TNA wrestling. Are you ready to cross that line? on the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, watch, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent Scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of Fatigue. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes, right here on the SNS Radio Network. (laughs) 
wrestling fans? Do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. JJ Six His charm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... J.J. The most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library, and it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. show with Ashley, Sandra and Randy and now picks as ever and firstly I'm going to go to the other guys for their picks because it's TNA's lockdown this uh, this Sunday from San Antonio and uh, first up Rob, it's Robbie E versus Robbie T Um, depends on how long they want this feud to go. I don't really, I'd imagine, it seemed like almost Robbie E would get it, but considering they've kind of been going at this for a while, 
I'm going to say Robbie T here. And he finally kind of gets his revenge on Robbie E, which he never, other than really maybe say the broth, he never really got to beat down Robbie E because, of course, they made, they patched and made things up. So I'm going to say Rob, uh, big, or I guess just Rob Terry now since <laughs> he's gone from that. So Rob Terry for my prediction. Sandra? Yeah, I'll pick Rob Terry. Okay, and then uh, next up, the freeway tag team match for the world tag team titles. Rude and Aries defending against Bad Influence, Daniels and Kaz, and Chavo and Hernandez. Why does this match sound very familiar to a match that happened at Bound for... That's because it was at fucking Bound for Glory. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless of the fact, uh, regardless of me pointing out the fact that they've done this before, I will say... Should I forget who the champs... I would say um, Aries and Rude. Uh, Yeah, Rude and Aries. I, I personally... I personally don't care for lost ter- uh, stereotypicals right now because I think <clears> they're pretty much stale at the moment. So the chance to retain. Who needs Rudos and Technicos when you can be stereotypicals? <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, the knockouts title on the line Velvet Sky defending against Gail Kim. Um. Oh no, I think Velvet Sky finally gets a run with the belt, which would suck if Gail does beat her again. <laughs> I'll say Velvet gets a little run with the belt. Aaron, like it, I'm repeating myself, Velvet Sky for the win. It's a no brainer here, Velvet. <laughs> Next up, the first of three, K- three cage matches by the looks of it. Starting off with Kurt Angle versus Wes Brisker. Mm. You know what? Uh, I'm going with Russ Briscoe because I think uh, Aces and Aces need all of the wins that they can get. Um, I'm kind of thinking that same thing. Where do you? Because it can kind of go both ways. Where? Because uh, especially with the whole leader thing, which I seems like it would be revealed at. It'd be more revealed here than at. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to say West Briscoe, too. Okay, next up, the Lethal Lockdown match. Team TNA, comprising of Sting, Magnus, Samoa Joe, James Storm, and Eric Young, taking on the Aces and Eights, comprised of Devon, Mr. Anderson, Mike Knox, Doc, and Garrett Bischoff. Um, shit. Fucking, um... Okay, you already know. I already don't know. <laughs> um... Ah, uh, fuck. I don't think a heel team's ever won Lethal Lockdown. I think still to this day, no heel team has ever won. And I highly doubt it changes here, although that's what I was thinking about wanting to say. I'm going to say Team TNA. Even though I won't be surprised if it ends up being aces and eights. 
like I said before, it's no-brainer, aces and eights, because they need the wins that they can get. Anytime anybody from TNA has fought any members of aces and eights, the TNA guy always comes out on top, and that's not how it's supposed to be. So aces and eights has to win. Next up, Jeff Hardy. Well, final match, certainly, that we can pick on from record, as of recording, anyway. The World Heavyweight title on the line. Jeff Hardy defending against Bully Ray, and I still don't get that. Jeff Hardy. Fuck it. <laughs> Jeff Hardy, the reason. Fuck it. <laughs> Randy, your thoughts? Um, Hardy. Okay. They really oh, haven't put man. much into this match, but yeah, Hardy. Yeah, true. Um, what I will say, though, there is a seventh one listed on the page that I've got as a pick, and that is, will Crelly be getting blind drunk? I think that's a yes. Duh. Yeah, he's getting drunk. I'm saying... <laughs> The bar getting drunk with uh, James Storm. Oh shit! And run up his whole tab. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, heard the stories uh, about Storm and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say next. Uh, um, I was gonna, I was gonna get quickly off that before Crelly goes in a drunken rage against me on Skype for some reason. As I'm managing headlocks to headlines over the weekend. I could just put random Crelly's Drunk Diaries. I won't, but, you know. Uh, so next up, CZW with their uh, The Wanted Show. Bit of a weird name, but okay. We'll go with it. So first match picks on is the freeway, freeway battle between Greg Excellent, Four Locos, Alex Galan, and Alex Reynolds. Personally, here I think I'm going to go Greg Excellent. Mm, I'm going to go with Alex Cologne. I'm going to go with. Let me see. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Alex Cologne. Okay. Because I don't know whether that's got any connotations to Best of the Best. I doubt it. But I think it... Well, we'll see anyway. Then Shane Strickland versus Bandido Jr. Strickland. Yeah, I'm going to go with Strickland because they want to push this guy as their eventually next uh, high flyer. I think Strickland's already in best of the best, isn't he? Yeah, due to... They're going to use this to push him. Mm. Yeah, they're going to use this to push him. So yeah, Strickland will go over. Next up, the CZW Bombshells Attraction Match: Nevaeh versus Jessica Havoc. Um, although Nevaeh is the more tenured member of CZW, or at least well, she's been managing more. But I'm say uh, J Hav, Jessica Havoc. 
gets the win here. Yeah, with, with with everything that Jessica's been doing outside of CZW, basically wrestling nearly everywhere she can, I'm going to go with uh, Havoc for this one too. Yeah, just to give Jessica Havoc as well. Okay. Uh, next up, an interesting one, the tag team match. Uh, the Oinks, Ohio for Killers, taking on... The Gulak campaign for a better combat. Well, the Gulak campaign, or I guess if you want to do it like the the movie Borat title, the Gulak campaign for a better combat zone. Um, the French probably get a fuck with the Gulak campaign, so I for key. Yeah. Then again, Blackout could be fucking with uh. Um, it could be a no yeah. contest. Or that. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> not another one. But yeah, OI four K. This is an interesting one. This is two matches in one because it's a pick your poison match. Sammy Callahan and Adam Cole have to choose each other's opponents. The three they get to pick from. A Tommy Dreamer, Jimmy Jacobs, and DJ Hyde. See, the way I think it is, it's going to be Adam Cole versus Jimmy Jacobs. Which might be the smart thing, considering their match chat. Um, hope I don't get the show wrong. Uh, I think it was the hunt for gold. I'm just wondering if it... <laughs> I'm wondering that it's going to be actually DJ Hyde versus Callahan. Because they've said all three people will be involved on the night. And I'm just wondering whether Dream is there as a showcase for uh, House of Hardcore. Possibly. Maybe. Well, well, they all have history in some way. Mm-hmm. With um, Callahan and Dreamer have fought yeah. before. Jacobs and Cole, I just mentioned, and Hyde has history definitely with Callahan and Cole. Of course, Hyde trained Adam Cole, and Hyde and Callahan have been feuding practically every time, uh, practically forever in CCW. So uh, this is, you know, this is an interesting one because I don't know how we would count this because you would have to count if we get the match pick right and who's going to win. <laughs> But either way, I think Callahan and Cole go over whoever they face. Yeah. I'm going to say... Oh, I'm going to say... Cole Jacobs, Callahan Hyde ends up happening. I'll go with what you have there. Well, I have... I have things differently here because I see uh, Sammy Callahan taking on Jimmy Jacobs. And I see Adam Cole taking on DJ, DJ Hyde. Yeah. And I, I still think Dreamer is the odd one out kind of thing. She's no disrespect to Dreamer, but... Well, the funny thing is, he has like a, like an autograph signing before the show, I think. Yeah. Uh, as far as the uh, who wins here, um, I think the opponents are going to win because I see... 
uh, both guys costing each other the matches. You see, now I now I was thinking that perhaps what I I can't I'm for, I'm gonna say they they both win despite the interference. But I'm just wondering whether one of the matches is going to be cost. So either Cole or Callahan loses. I can see all three possibilities, certainly. Both win, both lose, or only one wins and one loses. But I still want to know what Tommy Dream is going to be in. Secretly, I hope it's... Unless, of course, they make the freeway battle into a four-way qualification for best of the best with whoever doesn't get picked from Dreamer, Jacobs, and Hyde. I mean, I don't know. Read into that what you will. But, yeah. That's that's obviously a tough one for us to pick on, but... Uh, next up, there was CCW Wired title on the line. AR Fox defending against Azrael. Um... This should be an interesting match, but I'll say AR Fox. AR Fox? AR Fox retains, I think, certainly, yeah. Then, uh, next up, the CZW World Tag Team titles on the line. Catalyst defending against Nation of Intoxication. Um... Well, that the tag title situation is an interesting one going into due to the events of uh, the 14th anniversary show with Blackout, more specifically Robbie Moreno, stealing the tag titles and Catalyst in only their second match as a, or second match in CZW, and I believe also in, uh, Eric Ryan's second match in CZW just solely by himself, winning the CZW tag team belts. So you still have that era mystery with that team, but I uh, I'm gonna say the catalyst. Yeah, the chance to retain. Yeah, I, I see catalyst certainly uh, retaining there because they only just really want them. So there's no point in switching it again to nation intoxication. But next up, the final match on the card. The CZW World Title on the line in a fatal four-way with Masada defending against Matramont, Joe Gacy, and Christina Von Erie. Yes, you might have a female CZW World Champion. <laughs> My pick, just because they've already advertised Masada versus Yun Kasai for uh, the April show, at WrestleCon, Masada retains. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they said regardless of what happens, that match is going to happen. So. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, I kind of had a, a prediction for WrestleCon that I completely forgot. He's facing Jim Katai, so that throws out my theory. Uh, but yeah, I see Masada retaining. Uh, yeah, Masada. In regards to that, I would say Masada. See, he's probably going to get at least a year 
Are these coming up on a year soon? I think he might already be on it. Had to check. A worrying. I'm just looking at the WrestleCon uh, guest page, and apparently Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior are going to be at the same event. <gasps> that's that's worrying. And Lex Luger. Oh dear. Yeah. If oh yeah, here's the interesting thing. If Masada gets out of want it, the next day he will have held the belt for one full year after winning oh, it back okay. in Aerial Assault. Weirdly enough, in a four-way. So, so in this case, he will be the third uh, longest-running champion currently. Mm-hmm. Or I believe he might be. Is he second? Let me see. Right now, I think he looking think, at the page. Uh, yeah, he's the second longest-reigning champ. Who? Uh, Masada. No, he's not. Yeah, he broke Messiah's record. No, but I'm talking about in wrestling in general. Oh, oh, oh okay, in wrestling in general. I'm sorry. Yeah. Then, yeah. All right. <laughs> I should have listened to that better, but yeah. <laughs> okay, then, yeah, then. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Masada winning. So I'm, I'm getting distracted by the WrestleCong list. Because Legends of the Ring seems to be a bit troublesome, given that Hulk Hogan, Kurt Angle, Ultimate Warrior, uh, Tammy Sinch, and Abraham Washington are all part of it. That's an eclectic mix. Okay. <laughs> that's a very eclectic mix. That's that's. I know, I'm, we're definitely talking about. That's yeah. The the show on WrestleCon week is going to be solely dedicated to WrestleCon because who everybody that's on there. Looks bloody amazing. <laughs> but, uh, finally in picks, it's this weekend Chikara shows, starting with the show this Friday, called Just Shadows in the Fog. Uh, starting off with our picks with one on one match between Archibald Peck and Oberian. Somehow here I see Batiri involvement, so Oberion gets the win. I'm going to go with Archibald Peck. Yeah, I'll see Peck. Then the match that's over a year in the making. The former Fist member and the guy that took his place, Granakuma versus Johnny Gagana. That's I was forgetting about that. I was like, why? Why is it a big deal? Arakuma and Gargano are fighting again, other than the Fist. And I forgot. Yeah, Gargano took his spot three years ago, or a little less than three, about two and a half. Be a bit more accurate, but um, I'm gonna say Akuma. Because Fist isn't really feuding with Akuma anymore, and it's probably just to get that out the way. I'm going to say Johnny Gargano wins. I don't know if a Chuck Taylor's there. Is he on? Is he set for action later on in the night? No, I don't think he is. Nope. But I don't know whether he's wrestling, so. 
Somehow I see Fist getting involved, possibly. And Gargana getting the win. Because I think this is going to possibly be a story going over the year, if they want it to go like that, of course. Next up, the four-corner elimination tag match. With Quackenbush and Green Ant taking on Fist, comprising of Icarus and Sugar Dunkerton. Taking on the Batiri, comprising of Kodama and Kobold. And the final opponents, the clearly informed team of Jigsaw and the Shard. Uh, I think Jigsaw and the Shard will win, but... Hang on, how, have they, they've already got a one point, haven't they, in the points thing, haven't they? Mm, I... I don't think did they, they win. A, did they win a tag match? I'm gonna have to have a quick look at the results. Um, hang on, I'll have a quick look at the results to see whether they won on the, the first shows in uh, season. See the first shows of season twelve. What's your guys' thoughts? Uh, I'm seeing Jigsaw and the Shard. I'm going to say fifth. Okay. And uh, note to Chikara's website, you haven't got the results up for the February shows. That's a, that's a bit annoying considering I'm supposed to try and do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Jigsaw on the shard. And then next, next is the first time ever match between Hallow Wicked and Sean Waltman. Wicked. Interesting to see Sean Waltman back in um, Chikarabia, Hollow Wicked. Yeah, I'm going to say Hollow Wicked as well. I'm going to say Waltman. Because a blog got posted up Wednesday by Jakob Hammermeyer saying that it was June the 2nd, 2012, that he lost his BFF. Because Pink Ant went, Daisy went, Sarah went, Claudio and Ares, uh, Tersas, and all he had left was Donst. And Donst is basically not there. He's going on his own. And of course, Donst blames Hella Wicked, so... Hammermeyer blames Hello Wicked, and just because they're going to be facing each other on the following night, on the Saturday, I think something will happen there. And Sean Walkman will get the, the win. Probably not wanting to get the win, but that's what will happen. Or, of course, Hello Wicked could win by DQ, so. But I'll, I'll go with Walkman, because I think something's going to have something, the angle there. And next up is the Young Lions Cup. Jakob Hammermeyer trying to beat Mark Angelicetti. See, here I just somehow think Donst is going to interfere. Even more anti, even more kind of wire the BFFs together. 
So, yeah, I think touchdown will retain. Um, touchdown. No, of course. Touchdown. Of course, the champ retains with the touchdown. Yeah. Then, this is the interesting one. Fire Ant, it's going to be an Atomico match. Fire Ant, Assailant, Dasher Hatfield and Saturine will be taking on the team of Soldier Ant and Free People that are going to be decided, apparently, by Wink Vavasor, the director of fun at Shikara. Off the top of my head, I can't think of. I can't think of who it would be. Considering they're in Florida, it could be Florida talents, people living in the area. I don't know. But whatever I think it is, it's really going to be a case that Soldier Ant isn't going to like the picks. Considering how there was hatred already at the at the director of fun for some of the choices that he made in the trios, I think there's probably going to be like a, a group of people that are going to get wronged by Wink. That are going to lead into some sort of uprising against him. It seems to be happening with Kingston, which we'll get to. And I think it might be happening with Soldier Ant as well. Possibly. So, I, I pick uh, the team of Fire Ant, Assailant, Hatfield and Saturine to go over. Yeah, I'm, gonna s- I'm actually going to go with Soldier Ant's team. I think this might be the start of something bigger for him, maybe. But even then, I'm not really... Even with like all that did happen at uh, after Under the Hood, especially the eight man tag, Soul Durant's story was kind of like there's still uh, how do I say there's still a lot of mystery kind of there because they haven't really, especially since we haven't seen the February shows. Although I believe they just came out, yeah, they're already out on SmartMarkVideo.com and um. Little free plug there. If I say in the uh, mm-hmm. so anyway, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think Soldier Ant. This this is gonna lead to something big. Maybe the uprising thing. Maybe something else. We'll have to see. Sandra. Yeah, I so said the team of uh, a fire ants team. Okay. Uh, next up. 24 hours before his title match then this match has been arranged as a non-title match but it's probably going to take a lot out of him it's going to be Eddie Kingston taking on Amazing Kong this I sorry for this ah I think for this one, Kingston will win. Kind of despite Wink. Because Wink Wink arranged this to try and make him really worn out so that he loses the title to Greener. The, the whole idea with 
well, we'll get to the green ant situation on the next night, but I think I think his title reign may be numbered, but it won't be in the way that Wink kind of wants it. So I say Kingston goes over. Um, I'm gonna go with Kingston. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say Kingston too, and I'm running a little short on time, so I think I might just have to go through my picks really, really quickly. Okay, well, we'll quickly, we'll quickly do the Campionas de Parejas 3.0 versus Devastation Corporation. As much as I don't want to see 3.0 lose in their first defense, that's more than likely going to happen. Devastation Corporation. As much as I think Devastation Corporation will go over, I think it's more likely that they'll 3.0 will drop the titles to Jigsaw and the Shard. So I'm going to say 3.0 somehow managed to retain. Devastation Corporation is going to win here. Okay, so probably me and Sandra will talk about it more at length, but uh, do you want to quickly go through your picks for the uh, Watchmaker card, Randy? Yeah, uh, let me go through them from bottom to top if you are seeing this from the Car Pro site. Oliver Grimsley is going to win the showcasing stars, I think, especially because he was on National Pro Wrestling Day. Um... I'm going to say Hallow Wicked beats Hammermeyer, although I wouldn't be surprised Hammermeyer maybe wins to kind of maybe put it in Tim Don's side that he can't beat Wicked. Um, I'm going to go with Soldrant and his team, his squad, whatever. Peck and Donst, I will say Peck. Unfinished Business, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Quackenfish should... No, no, no. Jigsaw on the Shard. First time ever, I'm going to say... Angela Setti, 10-person tag, Devastation Corporation and Fist, and then Eddie Kingston will retain his title. And I guess I will see all of you, or y'all will... Actually, y'all are hearing from me. I don't hear any of you fans or whatever, but you can email us. Yeah, because you don't email in. Sorry, that's not a complaint, but... It's come on, email in, guys. We won't bite. Yet. we still got to grow in out of our baby teeth. We haven't been around for that long. We're... Or unless we're on bath salts in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering these shows are in Florida, you never know. Oh, shit, that's true. Florida's weird <laughs> in general to begin with. <laughs> okay, we'll let, we'll let you go, Randy, and uh, hopefully you'll be on next week. Hopefully so, too. See y'all later. Peace. Okay, so, yes, that's the quick picks from Randy. So... <clears throat> Next, next will be mine and Sandro's kind of extended thoughts. Uh, so we'll start off with the Quest Showcase. And if you don't remember back from a few weeks ago, that's quality wrestling every single time. It's Eddie Graves taking on Oliver Grimsley. Oliver Grimsley has a hat. He wins. No, um, I, I kind of... I think Grimsley is a good talent and... I'm surprised that he actually went to the final two in the Ray de Voladores thing. They clearly want to push him, I think, as being one to watch. So I think Grimsley will win. Yeah, Grim- Grimsley is going to win. 
next up, Hallowicked versus Jakob Hammermeyer, as I explained earlier with the blog post. Hall- Hammermeyer was basically holds Hallowicked responsible for everything going wrong with uh, all his friendships and everything. And I think I think Hammermeyer will win this just because it'll really piss off Don. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing too, so I'm going with uh, Hammermeyer. Next up, the uh, Soldier and his mystery team. Whether it'll be different people this time or whether it'll be the same, we'll have to wait and see. But it's going to be them taking on Ophidian and the Batiri. See, this one I think Soldran and his team are going to win just because of Amasis. Because this is going to happen every single bloody month. Oh, yeah, that's true. Amasis, <laughs> whether it's Amasis or just people with Amasis masks, it's going to happen every single month until we get to another pay per view. Another eye pay per view, which probably will be the Anniversario show. As it traditionally, ha- well, I say traditionally has been, they've only done it once. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with uh, Soldier and Steam. And, and you know what? I'm going to make a, a bold prediction here. I, oh, oh, oh. I'm, I'm holding on to my seat. I think I said this last time, but I don't remember. But uh, I, for some reason, I think uh, Wake is going to pick. Um, Ultramatis Black, Frightmare, and Crossbone. Oh, you think it's going to be Spectral Envoy? Yeah. If he, if he does get to pick, of course. Yeah, because if, if you notice, none of them are, are in the card, especially Ultramatis Black and Frightmare. Yeah. So that's a possibility. Soldier Amp becoming part of the Spectral Envoy. Yeah, we could see that happen. That's then what happens when we come to trios? Who gets dropped? We'll, we'll find out what happens if it does. Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah, that's an interesting. If that is what the director of fans installed, that should be interesting. Certainly. Uh, next up, a rematch from the season premiere. Archer, well, the season premiere weekend, should I say? Because it wasn't the very first match that Peck had. It's Archibald Peck versus Tim Donst. I'm going to say Donst because I... Well... Is Veronica still going to be a distraction? For Archie. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, because... Yeah, the the last event... Veronica walked out with Donst. And actually it was brought up in... Another blog post. They've been doing daily blog posts uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, basically to try and put a story over. And basically, Angela said, he said, Oh, Veronica's a nerd. She's ditched me. Ladies, I am now single. And uh, hmm. saying that he's going to be focused on helping out Dasha Hatfield more. Which I kind of leads me to wonder if Sugar Dunkerton isn't getting back together with the throwbacks, could Archibald Peck somehow team up with... It's unlikely, but could he somehow team up with Dasha again? Mm. And 
touchdown. You know, the team that doesn't gel, and then the team that's never gone beyond the first round finally wins King of Trios. I don't know, but for for that one, I'm going to say Donst. No, I, I can't see that happening. Uh, but we'll see what happens. But uh, as far as the match goes, uh, I'm going to go with Archibald Peck. Okay, then uh, the unfinished business match, Quackenbush and Fireant taking on Jigsaw and the Shield. The who? The Shield, the Shard. (laughs) (laughs) That's staying in. Oh, my God. Sorry, I've got Iron Man 3 on the brain, Shields all around. (laughs) You got invasion thoughts all over your head. Yeah, but who's going to invade here? Oh, Spectral Envoy, there we go. Uh, uh, I see Jigsaw and the Shard going over. Okay, um, yeah, I'm going to say Shard and Jigsaw as well. This could be where they actually get the three points, depending how they do it. Certainly. Uh, then, first time ever, a Salamp versus Angela Setti. I'm not sure whether it's for the Young Lions Cup or not, depending what happens. I don't think so. I'm going to say Angela Setti anyway, because obviously Assailant is more about trying to get the uh, the colony as a trio. I think he's more focused on that than actually getting individual glory. Because I think he wants to be fully, fully accepted. I think he already has been by Quack. After everything, but Angela Setti retain Angela Setti wins, retains whatever happens. As much as I, I'm a fan of Mr. Touchdown, I'm gonna say Assailant wins. Oh, okay. And because of this, I think Mr. Touchdown is gonna want a rematch, and just to prove to see how. Uh, a champion he is, he's going to put the Young Lions Cup on the line in the next show, which will be the WrestleCon show. Assailant goes over on the shoulder of Palace. Yeah, possibility, yeah, certainly. Then Angela Setti will have uh, no choice in uh, being with Hatfield because he'll have lost everything in the space of about three months. <laughs> lost the girl... He hasn't lost his helmet yet, though. That's what I was being said. Uh, then a ten-person tag team match. We can't. Can we call it an Atomico, or is that only four and four? I can't remember. Uh, no, that's just uh, four and four. Okay. So whatever a five-on-five tag match is, which is going to see 3.0 Granakuma, Hatfield, and Saturine taking on the Devastation Corporation. And Fist, which will be Icarus, Gargano, and Sugar Dunkerton. Mm, this should be a fun match. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with the Babyface team here. And uh, for some reason, I feel that uh, Sandrine is going to get the win, but she's going to pin uh, one of the members of Devastation Corporation. I think it's going to be... I think the heels are going to win thanks to some something that Sugar Dunkerton does, whether by accident or on purpose. 
Because I'm just wondering whether they are going to make Sugar Dunkerton a proper full member of Fist. And somebody gets chucked out. Which would be a shame, because... And then again, it depends if Johnny... Well... Could Johnny Gargano leave Fist? No. Because arguably he's pretty busy at Dragon Gate. Yeah, but uh, no, I don't see that happening. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens anyway. And then for the Grand Championship, Eddie Kingston versus Green Ant. I honestly think Green Ant wins. But... Um, Green, I think it'll be a it'll be a clean finish. King and will beat Kingston, but Wink will always say, you know, oh, this is always my plan, and Kingston is just going to go batshit crazy at Wink, and that's going to be the, the probably your ongoing storyline for the whole year. Because the fact the fact is, Kingston's had that belt for longer than CM Punk. Um, actually, that's no, about the same time as CM Punk, isn't it? Roughly. Oh well. Although he's held it for longer now, yeah, wouldn't he? Yeah, because uh, Kingston currently holds the right now. He's he's the longest running champion with uh, Johnny Gargano in second as the Open of Video Game Champion, and I think eventually uh, Masada will be the third longest running champion. Mm-hmm. But uh, this match, um, huh? I'm gonna say Kingston retains. Okay, you think it's probably gonna be later in the year that Kingston drops the belt? Well, I have a feeling that he might drop it at WrestleCon, but it depends on who he's facing there. Yeah, that's true. And just don't know, yeah. As it stands, I believe it is 474 days as of recording. And he's defended the belt successfully nine times. Mm-hmm. But I, I think whatever happens, something, something will change hands at least. Whether it's the tag titles or whether it's Kingston's title. Or even if Assailant versus uh, Touchdown is made into a Young Lions Cup match. That could change, arguably. But we'll see anyway. Uh, But... Yeah, this... That's I think that's everything. That's everything from the uh, from the Shikara shows. Be interesting to see what the results are from that, which we'll report on next week. Now, Sandra, I think there's something else you wanted to mention. I think. Oh yeah, um, I was thinking that uh, next week for uh, reviews, uh, we should review uh, PWG's uh, DDT Four, which includes Generico's last appearance in the state. Yep. Oh, and that's that's one I've been uh, certainly wanting to look at. So yeah, that'll be that's one. Yeah, I think we'll, I think we will cover that, considering uh, 
trying to think. It's a, it's a week or two up until. Yeah, it's it's basically two weeks until the All Star Weekend, isn't it? Yep. So that that would do as a good little uh, run in to that event. So yeah, I think that sounds like a plan. So yeah, PWG DDT four coverage review, whatever you want to call it, coming next week. Um, but before all that, we'd better tell you to listen to all the other shows here on the SS Radio Network. Starting off uh, Tuesday, you have Wrestling News Live. The, this week is special tribute to uh, Paul Bearer. Will be part main a major part of the show certainly with uh, JJ and Bronx at nine Eastern. Then Thursday, I believe, yeah, but I think at four Eastern you've got run the ropes with Maverick this past week on his own because Crelly's going to America. Next week I'm not sure because Crelly will probably be coming back from America, so certainly Mav will be there. <laughs> So that's a yeah, that's at four Eastern. Then ten thirty Eastern after Impact, you've got TNA chat live with Bronx. Then Friday at eleven Eastern, you've got myself and Sean with the open book. Then this Sunday, I think we are having a TNA uh, Sunday Night Showdown show. I can't be sure though, so make sure you keep it on the keep an eye on the SNS Facebook page for all the news regarding if that happens. Um, podcast wise, we have uh, Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. We've got the Elite Force podcast, the Weekend Edition with Walking Wine Wipe, and the Much Underlooked. Uh, midweek edition with Chuck W. Both very good shows. I will say that. Uh, you've also got Archives of the Hardway. They're currently on a hiatus just for a little bit, but there's some there's some good shows on the archive if you uh, haven't heard them already. And then of course you've got this show. So, Sandra, any final words before we head out this week? Uh, not really, just join us next week. Okay, so uh, with that uh, Song of the Night, just as a little tribute to uh, Paul Bearer, it's, well, it's the trailer music to Dead, to Dead Man Down that you hear on the adverts, which is, that, that is not because it's Dead Man Down. It's because it's a very, very nice cover of Shine On You Crazy Diamond from Pink Floyd, but it, it's sung by uh, Kendra Morris. Very, very nice uh, cover version. I'll give that. So, with that, that early was Randy. That also was Sandro. This was Ashley. And all of that, what you just heard was a bad case of punctuation but it was also or grammar I was never good at that but that was also your weekly slice of indie goodness we'll see you next week good night adios
Wasn't this where... Yeah. 
so wrong. 